Hey friends, this is Dixon Kavanaugh, and welcome to another episode of Out Loud with Dixon, where we will explore wisdom, get creative, and better appreciate this fun, chaotic, and beautiful world that we live in. Today's reading is the second half of Seneca's On the Shortness of Life. And if you remember back to last week's episode, a key message Seneca is sharing with us is that life is long, but it feels short because we waste so much time. And as a reminder, Seneca is a Stoic philosopher, living at the height, and arguably the beginning of the end, of the Roman Empire. He is writing this letter to his father-in-law, Paulinus, an older man who has spent his entire life steeped in the political machine of Rome. And with this week's reading, there are so many different avenues for exploration. I mean, we could talk about Seneca's story, about this fat Roman man stuck in a bathtub, or we could talk about the importance of consciously choosing our role models, and our peer group. And of course, we could talk more about time, and how wasting our time is really wasting our attention. Wasting the precious resource that is our awareness. But which is the most practical? We heard last week's episode on not wasting time, and focusing on parts of life that bring true joy and meaning. And we're thinking, okay, but what do we actually do? We want to grow our attention. We want this peace of mind. What do we need to do? And in reading Seneca, I'm reminded, yes, once again of Tim Ferriss and something I read in his book, The 4-Hour Workweek, when I was a sophomore in college. And it is a plan of action that I put into practice, and I've got to tell you, I've never looked back. We need to take a news detox. For a few days, maybe three or seven, we need to actively disengage and turn away from all broadcast news. And by this, I mean news on the TV, news on our laptops, and in our emails, news pinging for our attention and vibrating in our pocket. People love to talk about social media detoxes and deleting apps for a few days, and those are great, but when was the last time you stepped back from news media? And some of us might be thinking that this is ridiculous, preposterous, no news, I need to be informed, otherwise I'll be uninformed, and that's unacceptable. Also, my friends will expect me to know what's going on. They'll ask me my opinion on something, and if I don't know about this world event or that tragedy over there, then I'll look like an idiot. I first tried this news detox out on UC Berkeley campus during a presidential election and literally off-campus riots that led to massive fights. And not once was I really uninformed. If something were really that big of a deal, I heard about it. If a friend started talking about some international escapade and asked my opinion, I'd just tell them, hey, I'm not familiar, what's going on? And they'd tell me their view, which more often than not is what they wanted to do anyway. By the end of the week, I had six or seven people's differing opinions on the same event, which is a lot more to say than people who spend all their time watching the news. Oh, but you see, I have a responsibility as a citizen to watch the news. It's my duty to be up to date. Are you really that apathetic? Do you really not care what's going on around you? Seneca would agree. You have a responsibility to know what's going on in your environment. You have a duty to use your time wisely and to help those around you but constantly swiping through news articles and trying to stay up to date to come off as impressive in a dinner conversation is a poor man's game. These people are time poor, and in an effort to know about the world, we've closed ourselves off to it. Life happens, conversations happen, and when our mind is so preoccupied with information, not knowledge, but information, we miss life without even realizing before it's too late. And lastly, let's admit it, we watch and read the news because we like it, because it's addicting. It feels good to hear about some political drama. It feels good to see fire on the TV screen and read about a tragedy. 
somewhere else in the world. Because news is really just a socially approved form of gossip. News programs and YouTube algorithms craft stories that they know will capture our attention, and we accept it. But as always, don't take my word for it. Listen to Tim Ferriss and Seneca, or better yet, actually give it a try and see how it feels. It's funny how when we take the time to empty our cup, we find so much room to live and breathe. So gather around, listen close, and join me as we journey into the second installment of Seneca's On the Shortness of Life. The present time is very brief. Indeed, so very brief that to some people, it seems to be non-existent. For it's always in motion, slipping by and hurrying on. It ceases to be before it arrives, and it no more suffers delay than do the firmament or the heavenly bodies, whose ever tireless movement never lets them remain in the same position. Even the leisure of some people is preoccupied, in their country retreat or on their couch, in the midst of their solitude, and even though they've withdrawn from everyone, they are troubling company for themselves. Their existence is to be termed not leisurely, but one of idle preoccupation. Nor would I count among the leisured those who have themselves carried around in a sedan chair and litter, and who arrive precisely on time for their rides, as if they were forbidden to skip them, and who have to be reminded of their scheduled time for bathing, for swimming, or for dining. They are so enervated by the excessive sloth of a pampered mind that they can't tell by themselves if they are hungry. I hear that one of these pampered creatures, if pampered is the right word for unlearning life and normal human practice, was manually lifted out of the bath and set down in his sedan chair and asked, am I now seated? Do you think someone like this, who doesn't know if he is sitting, knows whether he's alive, whether he can see, whether he's at leisure? It's hard for me to say whether I pity him more, if he really didn't know as much, or if he pretended not to know. They are oblivious to many things, but they also affect forgetfulness of much. They find certain vices pleasing as evidence of their prosperity. To know what you're doing seems to be the mark of a man who's lowly and contemptible. To imagine that there's anyone so ruined by pampering that he takes another word as to whether he's seated. So here is not a person of leisure. You should apply a different term to him. He is sick, or rather, as good as dead. The truly leisured person is one who is also conscious of his own leisure. But a person who needs a guide to make him aware of his own bodily positions is only half alive. How can he be in control of any of his time? There is a common saying that it was not in our power to choose the parents we were allotted, and that they were given to us by chance. Yet, we can be born to whomever we wish. There are households of the most distinguished intellects. Choose the one in which you would like to be adopted, and you will inherit not just the name, but also the actual property, which is not to be hoarded in a miserly or mean spirit. The more people you share it with, the greater it will become. These will open for you the path to immortality and raise you to an elevation from which no one can cast you down. This is the sole means of prolonging mortality, or rather, transforming it into immortality, honors, monuments, all that ostentatious ambition has ordered by decree or erected in stone are soon destroyed. There's nothing that the long lapse of time doesn't demolish and transform, but it cannot harm the works consecrated by wisdom. 
No age will efface them. No age reduce them at all. The next age, and each one after that, will only enhance the respect in which they are held. Since envy focuses on what is close at hand, but we more freely admire things from a distance. So, the sage's life is ample in scope, and he's not constricted by the same limit that confines others. He alone is released from the limitations of the human race, and he is the master of all ages as though a god. Some time has passed, he holds it in recollection. Time is upon us, he uses it. Time is to come, this he anticipates. The combining of all times into one makes his life long. But for those who forget the past, disregard the present, and fear for the future, life is very brief and very troubled. When they reach the end of it, they realize too late, poor wretches, that they've been busied for so long in doing nothing. And so, my dearest Paulinus, remove yourself from the crowd and, storm-tossed more than your years deserve, withdraw at last to a more peaceful haven. It's not to a sluggish and idle state of inaction that I summon you, or to drown all your lively energy in sleep and in the pleasures that are dear to the crowd. That's not to find peace of mind. You'll find tasks to busy yourself about in serene seclusion that are more important than any you've dealt with so energetically thus far. Occupy yourself with these hollowed and lofty studies so as to learn the substance of God, his will, his general character, and his shape. What outcome awaits your soul where nature lays us to rest upon release from our bodies? What it is that bears the weight of all the heaviest matter of this world in the center? suspends the light components above, carries fire to the highest part, and rouses the stars to their given changes of movement, and to learn other such matters in turn that are full of great wonders. You really ought to leave ground level and turn your mind's eye to these studies. Now, while enthusiasm is still fresh, those with an active interest should progress to better things. In this mode of life, much that is worth studying awaits you, the love and practice of the virtues, forgetfulness of the passions, knowledge of how to live and to die, and deep repose. And we are back. What did you think about that quote-unquote prosperous Roman man who doesn't know if he is sitting? I find it pretty funny and a great example of one particular mindfulness practice popular in Buddhism where the entire practice is all about recognizing where your body is. Throughout the day, you pay attention to your body. I wake up, and now my body is laying down. Now my body is standing. Now my body is sitting on the couch. Now my body is walking. All through the day, you just bring your mind back to how your body exists in space. And we don't have to judge it or change it. We can just notice it with an, ah, now I'm sitting, how nice, or, Ah, now I'm crouching, how nice. This practice puts us in touch with our bodily sensations, a human sense known as proprioception. The sensation of knowing where and how your body exists in space without seeing it. In school, we are taught that there are only five senses, smell, touch, hearing, sight, and taste. But really, there are many more well-documented senses, like proprioception. Another is interoception. The perception of the state of your internal organs, for example, your heartbeat or your breathing. I found that this practice 
of bringing my attention to how my body exists in space. Tuning into the sensations occurring all the time under my skin puts me in close contact with the passage of time. So, if there is a way to heed Seneca's advice to savor our life, to savor time for all that it is worth, an excellent candidate is a body scan. Dipping our hand into the subtle fluctuation of energy flowing through our body in this present moment. So we ask ourselves, what position is my body in right now? Is it standing, sitting, or something else? What feelings come up? Maybe you feel your feet on the floor, or maybe clothing against your skin. Asking ourselves, what sensations are occurring right now? Scanning our body, free of judgment, just noticing. And with a smile, this awareness lets it all go. Thank you for joining me for today's episode of Out Loud with Dixie. We have new episodes every Friday, and I'm very grateful that you took the time and attention to listen. And soon, there will be Out Loud guests cool people we get to learn from and ask cool questions in areas like personal development, spirituality, martial arts, and yoga. Above all else, remember, live with presence, confidence, and love.